Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Donner on Monologue podcast. I am your solo host for these, as always, Bo. And uh, we're going to continue our... We're going to do our second week of Tetsuya Nomura, but we're going to save that for next week because I just finished uh, an incredible game the other night. Uh, It it came out last month on uh, July 17th, and so that makes it uh, a little under a month old. So hopefully a lot of you have gotten through it already, too, and that is Ghost of Tsushima. This is an incredible video game. Um, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed playing it, and uh, I had to talk to you guys about it as soon as as soon as I had completed it because uh, before I, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing first impressions or uh, things of that nature, but to really talk about a video game, I think it's important that you have completed it, that you have a complete memory of this game. So. Uh, I, I certainly do, and um, I'm reading a lot of reviews of people whose criticisms of the game, uh, because most of their criticisms are on the story and the themes and stuff explored within the game, uh, rather than the gameplay, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, the gameplay is, it, it's it's unapproachable. You can't, well, unapproachable is totally the wrong word, but it's, it, it, it's, uh, you can't really complain about the gameplay of this game if you like this genre of video games. But um, a lot of the themes and the story are criticized, but uh, it becomes apparent to me after completing the game that a lot of these people didn't complete the game. So we're going to we're going to defend the uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, so uh, if you haven't noticed, a lot of my stuff is going to deal with defending a video game against people just dragging it through the mud. Um, there are some games that deserve that. There are some games that don't. I'm not the one who decides that. But if I enjoyed a video game, I'm going to give you a darn good reason for why I enjoyed it and why I felt the criticisms were unfounded. But uh, again, this isn't a review. I'm not telling you how to feel about a video game. I'm just telling you how I felt about it because a review is much more nuanced, much more studied, and much more well put together. I don't do reviews. Adam labels some things as reviews, but they're not reviews um, because a review is a very specific thing. This is just me expressing my feelings about the game. And I'm rambling. So uh, Ghost of Tsushima was a game I didn't follow very closely uh, leading up to its release. A lot of people I knew were super stoked about it because you were playing a samurai. Of course we are. We People like samurai and ninjas. Like we just, that's just part of it i don't know if it's because we grew up watching uh the jedi which are heavily based on uh the samurai particularly from film but uh i I didn't follow ghost of tsushima very much but i i did want i was interested and i became particularly interested in i watched the 2019 game awards um (laughs) i watched on twitch which uh it was it was something man i i only watched it to watch uh hideo kojima get what he deserved um, which was all the praise in the world for Death Stranding. And um, I was super delighted to see all the uh, the A-list actors that Kojima had hired for Death Stranding that were just there loving every accolade he got. It was very heartwarming to see these people who had just worked with him on just one project that adored his vision that much because he is a genius and the worlds of both film and video games now understand that. But uh, one interesting thing from the... Uh, was uh, Ghost of Tsushima had a promotion there. Sucker Punch had a promotion during this, or maybe Sony Computer Entertainment of America did it. Uh, but uh, during this, uh, during the Game Awards, they had a uh, Japanese orchestra, a traditional Japanese orchestra, with uh, elements, of course, of European orchestra as well, uh, come out and play some music from the game. And I was like, "That's beautiful. That's that's enchanting." I, I'm, I'm gonna uh, when this game comes out, I'm gonna give it a try. <laughs> 
And the week when the game was coming out, it came out on a Friday, which was odd. Um, it actually came out the same day as uh, uh, Paper Mario the Origami King. Uh, and I was wondering which one I should buy. I felt like I should buy one, and I asked uh, in the Donrom Discord, and links in the description, which one I should get, and they said, go ahead and get uh, Ghost of Tsushima and do do something about that for Donrom, and I'm like, okay, cool. So that's, uh, that's what I did. And uh, so I got the game, I, I, I turned it on, and the first thing I noticed was you have a couple of different options on how you want to experience the game. Uh, after you sele- I believe after or right before you select Difficulty, and uh, these are how you will perceive the game as you play it. You can play English with English subtitles, Japanese with English subtitles. I think uh, Japanese with Japanese subtitles, I think, maybe. Um, I don't know what the third one is. I, I can't quite remember. But uh, there's uh, the one of the ones is called Kurosawa Mode. And it is black and white visuals with Japanese dialogue and English subtitles. And that one really struck me uh, because I didn't know this until that moment, but this game is heavily influenced by the uh, Chanbara films by uh, Akira Kurosawa, his samurai uh, films such as Yojimbo, Sanjiro, uh, The Seven Samurai. And um, I love these movies. I, I absolutely uh, love this genre of film. They're, they're black and white. Uh, they typically face a uh, samurai at odds not in, in in these the samurai in these films what what really strikes me about them is they stand at odds with tradition and uh their social status in in uh ancient Japan rather than fulfilling tradition and fulfilling their their status in ancient Japan and like I said I didn't know much about this game going into it so I thought that was kind of odd because I figured you would just be playing a straight samurai but the game is called Ghost of Tsushima and I did hear that there were stealth elements so I didn't know if maybe you recruited a ninja or something I didn't know anything so uh, I didn't pick uh, Kurosawa mode because I was very interested in the photo mode of this game so I wanted full color I wanted to really enjoy what the developers put into this game so I, I went with standard. I just did English with English subtitles and, uh, you know, just, just so I could really focus on the game. And uh, today's episode, if you haven't guessed yet, is just going to be my what, what I was uh, my first impression of the game. Uh, the story of the game is told in three acts. We'll do that on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then on Friday, I'll give some closing thoughts and some d- defenses uh, of the game. Now, before I get into any of this, I do want to point out that Sucker Punch was very, very careful with how they culturally represented the Japanese in this game. Th- that is one of the biggest things about this game. One of the things I personally was concerned with it is that it's a distinctly Japanese game made by an American developer. So, uh, But they were very careful. They, they, went to Tsu- they went to the island of Tsushima. They talked with cultural experts. They recorded bird songs, things of that nature. And uh, as far as the characters in this game, every character in this game is fictional, all of them. And they were going to make characters based on the actual historical people that played in the Mongol invasion of Tsushima, but uh, cultural experts had warned them that that might be a little insensitive, having actual people in this video game, and so uh, they chose not to do that and just tell a stylized, fictional uh, story about the Mongol invasion of Japan. Now, this is where things get a little weird, because... They were very careful with how they handled uh, Japanese culturally, and it shows. The game is doing extremely well in Japan. Uh, I can't remember, but there was a developer in Japan, a video game developer, that actually said 
this should have been one of our games. He was so impressed by it. But um, so they did very well. Hats off to you. Um, however, there are criticisms of the game from other ethnic groups, such as uh, Mongolian, because the Mongolians in this game are depicted as literally being orcs. They're absolute. They're depicted as being absolute monsters. It, they are the enemy in the game. You are meant to go around and slaughter them. Absolutely. But these are. This is an actual historical group of people. So that is a very, very valid criticism from those people. Uh, I don't want to push that aside or wash that away at all. That might be something Sucker Punch has to deal with. Uh, We absolutely, we have got to learn to be more sensitive about actual cultural groups and ethnic groups in fiction. We we have to do it. Um, Almost every major company in the world is going over how they do it. Um, If sucker punch has some nuance they'd care to share with us that that'd be awesome but that is something they're probably gonna have to deal with soon and i i think they they should um because uh i i love this game i do love it but the way mongolians are depicted they are 100 wicked you don't meet a good one you don't like the whole game that all they had to do <laughs> was maybe put a defector or something in the game. that's all they had to do and maybe they did maybe i didn't do a side quest or something i don't know but it, it's it's a mess. It, it is a mess. I'll, I'll fully... Uh, that is a full disclaimer of me saying that before I get into the meat of this podcast. Anyway, so... First impressions. The gameplay is awesome. The combat is the best combat. Uh, a, a guy at work uh, told me we were both playing it at the, at the same time, and he we were discussing the game, and he actually said Assassin's Creed should have done this years ago. And that's so true. Because Assassin's Creed games... Um, I always start off loving them. I'll admit that. I do. Uh, I get lost in the setting. Um, that is one thing I will say for Ubisoft. They absolutely go whole hog on the setting. They they, they make a wonderful setting. But um, playing Ghost of Tsushima kind of highlights everything that's wrong with their series. Or if not, I take that back. It highlights everything I don't like about it. I will say that. Because... Uh, as uh as I'm playing this game, uh of course Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is just over the over the ridge. So there's a few things. People have begged Ubisoft to do in ancient Japan for a long time. A ninja assassin? Come on. That's obvious. Like, why would you not do that? Um, and they keep going with like Victorian England. Uh the only two cool ones they ever did were Egypt and Greece. Those are the only two cool Now the Renaissance in Italy for Assassin's Creed 2 was pretty cool and the Crusades in the first one were awesome. That's all awesome, but they kept doing like revolutionary France, Victorian England, and now they're going to Vikings, like all this like overdone, oversaturated stuff. Greece, Egypt, uh the Crusades in the first one from a a, a Muslim perspective. That the character you played as was not European. He was not one of the invaders during the Crusades. It, it was cool. Uh, but now we're right back where we started with this Valhalla nonsense. But it, it's whatever. But uh, anyway, he said, this is how Assassin's Creed games should play. And one of the things I loved about it was Ghost of Tsushima is not that long. Assassin's Creed games take forever. Even if you're doing it as fast as you possibly can. It's forever. And it just gets to where you don't even care anymore. Um, for me, for me, I'll say that for me and, and a few friends I've talked to, but, uh, Ghost of Tsushima felt right. Like, uh, uh, right when I was like, this game should be ending, it ended. Um, or I had the choice to go end it. Um, uh, there's, uh, 
the open world, I liked the open world. I liked that there was exploring and stuff to do with it. And no, there's not a whole lot of activities, but I liked the activities you could do. And the fact that there, uh, a lot of people said it was pretty checklisty, but the checklisty kind of goes back to their roots, right? With the uh, the platformer, uh, uh, Sly Cooper. Um, Sly, Sly Cooper. I love the Sly Cooper games. And... So that felt kind of like that. It felt kind of like getting collectibles. And the fact that you find all these items to customize Jin, uh, the character you play as, Jin Sakai, uh, the fact that you could uh, customize his appearance so much, I loved it. Like, there were times I wanted to be in the ghost armor, full ninja. There were times I wanted to be in the Sakai clan armor and just be an actual samurai doing showdowns, uh, standoffs and stuff. There were times where um, I loved the Kensei armor or the Ronin attire and the straw hat. And you could just be that wondering... Uh, the wandering uh, Yojimbo type samurai. It was, it, it, you could do whatever you wanted as far as his appearance, and that was incredible. Um, writing haiku was very rewarding and very fun, I think. Um, I wrote some wicked cool haiku. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, the island, the, there's a photo mode in the game where uh, if you press right on your uh, directional pad, uh, you entered photo mode. And that was, that was so cool because the game is gorgeous. It takes place in the fall of, uh, 1274. So, uh, and you know, I've never ever had the pleasure of going to Japan. It's absolutely at the top of my bucket list. It's the one thing I want to do more than anything else. But when I do go, I'll take whatever opportunity I can to go, but I do want to go in the fall because, uh, photographs we see from Japan in the fall are just stunning and gorgeous. And this game, they, they, they really, really took their time to make this detail incredible. Um, in photo mode, you could change the time. You, when you go into photo mode, it freezes the action where you are and you have free reign of the camera. You can move it anywhere you want around gene. You can move it away from gene, uh, Jin, sorry. And, um, why did I say gene? I must be on an outlaw star thing, but, you can move the camera anywhere you want, and then you can change the time of day. You can change the weather. You can change uh, particles in the air, uh, whether it's insects or lightning bugs or red leaves or cherry blossom leaves. And you can make the wind change direction. You can make the wind change intensity. You could make um, one thing I love doing is a, in a standoff, which a standoff, if you press up on your control pad when prompted, uh, when you're approaching a group of enemies, you could do a traditional, uh, well, a Hollywood samurai standoff where you've got your hand on your katana like that. They've got their hand on their weapon. Sometimes they'll fake out. Sometimes they don't. But if you, if you let go of triangle right when they launch for their attack, you can slice through them, you know, like, like that cool, you know, image there. And, uh, I, so many times I would stop pan the camera to where it was uh, on, you know, like where I'm like that, uh, for people listening to the podcast, it's when, you know, in the anime, when they have the standoff and they, and then it just shows them before the other guy gushes blood and dies. I'd stop there. I'd make cherry blossoms come out blowing full speed. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, so photo mode is incredible in the controls of the game. I want to get into the controls of the game because you don't lock on to this game. When you face an enemy, you've locked on. Like, and that is, I mean, when you turn around and, and face an enemy, uh, Jin has four stances he can learn as the game progresses. And uh, they were, they're effective against different enemy types. And you can change them on the fly. Just uh, whenever you want. Um, you, uh, and, and that makes combat 
very neat because you could be fighting the guy with a sword over here with your sword fighting technique and you could switch over to one effective against the guy with shields and turn right around and stab the guy uh, in the back. It's it's one of the best systems I've seen for fighting multiple enemies at once. It's awesome. It's so much fun and the combat just flows. It feels so right and they actually consulted um, a, uh, a, a person trained in samurai arts to do this. Um, the stealth is cool. And what I like about the stealth is what it doesn't do. And uh, let me explain that. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a great... I, I, I actually think Odyssey is a great game. I like that they did a different st- type of setting than what Assassin's Creed normally does. Um, I especially like that you never have to wear the... Um, I mean, you don't hardly ever have to wear the dumbass uh, assassin outfit. Like, you just get to do kind of whatever you want. Um, and uh, and I'm a big fan of ancient Greece anyway, but one thing I didn't like was stealth was so busy. There was so much shit you had to worry about. And yes, that does make it more realistic, but at one point, I just want to play a game. <laughs> like So in Ghost of Tsushima, you don't hide bodies. If you kill them, they, they die where they... They just lay where they died. And um, that, to me, is... Uh, it, that was such a relief for me because it meant I just... Now... They will discover bodies and they will get alerted, but you could still just go about your business. Um, and uh, you had to work your way up to chain. Assa- you had to buy skills and chain assassinations to do that, that sort of thing. Um, but the one of the coolest things that you discover about halfway through the game, you unlock it, and that is if you kill so many enemies, whether through stealth or combat, without taking damage, you could take the ghost stance, which basically um, the story behind really cool because uh the whole game is about building the legend of the ghost and that is a vengeful samurai spirit back to uh it's a story another character makes up about Jin, and it's a vengeful samurai spirit come to tsushima to cast away the uh, mongol invaders and your gameplay can build up to this and the game does a really good job you could play as an honorable samurai for pretty much most of the game you could do that if you want it's not a big deal. I mean, there are parts where you do have to stealth, but there's and there's parts where you do have to play as a samurai. But for the most part, you get to choose how you approach combat. And um, but the game does a really good job of enticing you to go more ghost as the game goes on. It does a very good job of enticing you to do that. And uh, anyway, you 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 kill so many enemies on a streak, or you find their leader and slaughter him. There's actually a. I mean, it'll actually prompt hit square to slaughter the leader. And if you do that, you go ghost mode, which basically is the people that the people have seen you kill these people without getting hurt. They've seen you slaughter their leader. They're terrified. You basically make them terrified of you, and you just go around slaughtering them for a certain amount of time. And it's a really cool way. And what I love about it is I, I like games that use their gameplay to tell the story. Games, video games have become a narrative. We've come a long way since Pong, people. We really have. Video games have become a narrative source. They could still be just a silly game if you want them to, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love those games. But they're a way to tell a story, and you could use the gameplay to tell a story, and it's fantastic. But uh, the, the, the last thing I want to really talk about as far as gameplay, first impressions of gameplay, is the touchpad. It's the first game where the touchpad isn't just another button usually the touchpad is just another big button you press now if you press down on the touchpad you go into stealth mode where you're 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 you're, not only are you crouched down and hiding but you're listening for enemies and you can detect them through walls and stuff like that but if you swipe right on your pad Jin will put up his sword if you swipe left on the pad Jin will take out his uh 
flute and start playing. If you swipe up on the pad, Jen, uh, the wind will blow in the direction Jen's supposed to go because there are no waypoints in this game. You don't set a marker and go towards that waypoint. You have to follow the wind, which I think is super immersive and cool. And uh, more on that here in a second. But if you swipe down, Jen will bow out of respect, um, it, like an emote. So I just think it's really cool that there's controls that happen because of the way you swipe on the touchpad that other games on the PS4 just haven't done. I don't understand why. If you've played other games that did this on the PS4, let me know. Uh, I'd like to play them because it was such a cool feature when the PS4 first came out and they just never did anything with it. I really hope, like, um, one of the things everyone loves about the PS5 is the haptics in the uh, the DualSense controller for the L2 and R2 buttons, where, like, it will, you will act, like if you're pulling back a bow, the R2 button will actually resist as you pull down. It'll be harder to pull if you're pulling back a bow. And every time I hear about one of these things on one of these controllers, I just hope they use it the touchpad was almost never used until this game in the twilight of the PS4. So I really hope I see these cool controller features used more. Um, but about the wind blowing. Uh, so at one point you have a flashback of Jin at his father's funeral. We'll get more into this when we talk about uh, the uh, story of the game. And uh, so Jin's at his father's funeral and his uh, beloved childhood caretaker, Yuriko is talking to him as they're walking to his father's pyre. And she says, you're never alone, Jin. Your mother is the songbirds in the trees, and your father is the wind at your back. So the way you set waypoints in this game is you put your you, you select where you want to go on the map, and the wind will blow in the direction you want it to, or you can make it by swiping up on your touchpad, and the wind will blow in the direction you want to go. Your father is showing you the way. And the way you discover secrets a lot in this game is you'll be traveling around, and you'll hear a golden bird singing. And you'll follow that golden bird who will reveal a secret to you. One of the many secrets on the island, whether it's following a fox to an Inari shrine, which unlocks more charm slots, which are basically accessories that give you certain buffs and bonuses, um, guide you to a Tori gate, which if you pass through Tori gates and go to a uh, Shinto shrine, you earn a major charm, which is a really good charm. Um, there's pillars of honor, which give you new sword kits, which are different colorations for your katana kit. Um, there's a headbands haiku where you write a haiku and get a headband, things of that nature. The, the golden birds will just lead you. And so that's your mother showing you the secrets of Tsushima. And I thought that was really cool. They even the waypoint system, even the discovery system, the travel, the way you traverse Tsushima tells a story. I, I think that was just brilliant of them to do. And so, um, guys, I, I really, I, I can keep gushing about my first impression of this game forever, but I'm going to wrap this episode up so we can get to the story of the game. Um, I thought the story was just as incredible. It is like playing through a really long Kurosawa film. It's incredible. Uh, by the end of the game, you see how much all these characters have grown and how much they've all changed, and it feels natural. It really does. So, guys, please tune in tomorrow where we'll talk about Act 1 of uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And... Uh, sure to tune into that uh, until i see you guys again uh we want to thank you for your continued support i i i enjoy the hell out of making these i'm very glad when i hear that you enjoy the hell out of watching them uh so please do us the honor of uh you know passing through that trinity of like share and subscribe um if you like this i know you have friends that'll like it uh all you have to do is share it out and and they'll hear the word um we do have our merch. Merchandise is still available. We have an awesome book that we all wrote together that we had a lot of fun writing together about our memories of the video games that shaped us the most growing up. Um, 
These shirts are still on sale. They're flying. They're awesome. Uh, I'm super proud of these shirts. Uh, be sure to pick you up one. Uh, I get I get asked about this shirt all the time when I wear it, and I, I wear it way more than I probably should wear one shirt. I'll probably have to order another one here soon. Um, and uh, the Discord that I mentioned earlier, guys, please join us on the Discord. We're having a blast. Uh, we'd love to see you there. And uh, as as always, uh, you know, we, we you find us on YouTube or wherever fine podcasts are sold. 